this episode of the Bourbon Hunters, Dude Tyler and Brett sit down with Doug Hall, CEO and co-founder of Brain Brew Custom Whiskey, to talk about his company while sipping on their Dexter Bourbon and Paddle Wheel Whiskey. But before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about our partnership with Greenline Goods. This four-year-old Chicago-based company creates high-quality etched and printed glassware, including whiskey glasses, wine glasses, tumblers, mugs, shot glasses, and they are also launching a line of hand-blown crystal drinkware. Check them out with the link in our bio and save 15% off using the discount code BOURBONHUNTERS. Thank you for taking time out of your day to join us on our hunt for great bourbon. Reward yourself and sit back, grab a pour, kick up your feet, and enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Bourbon Hunters. I'm Dude Poor. I'm joined by Brett Ryan, Tyler Schaefer, and uh, today we've got uh, Brand Brew right on the uh, episode, and uh, we've got a couple of uh, we've got a bourbon here, and um, I guess they're both bourbons, right? So uh, I'll let you talk and introduce those as we get going here. But uh, Doug, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm I'm Doug Hall, and I've um, been in the whiskey industry for many years, uh, um, 25, I guess. Um, most of it was helping the giants um, create ideas um, with my Eureka Ranch, um, Diageo, and then Edrington, um, and for over 20 years, McAllen. Uh, mm. You know, uh, it cost $38 when I started, so you can tell how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone up a bit <laughs> since then. And, uh, and about a half dozen years ago, Myself and a guy named Joe Gergash, we got this idea to create a distillery, you know. It's one of those things where it sounds like such a great idea, and you have no idea how much work it's going to be. <laughs> but uh, so we started out, and our whole focus was the wood, because as I learned from the McAllen, you know, 70% of the flavor and all the color and all the smoothness comes from the wood. The wood's where the magic is. Um, and so I said, I wonder if we could play with the wood. Of course, what, we're, what we call, it's called woodcraft finishing. Um, you know, and there's a whole pile of people doing finishing now, obviously, from Angel's Envy to, um, you know, all of the different Winemakers 46, et cetera, are doing different finishings. And so we said, what if we became really experts at finishing and really started to play with woods and understood it? And it took a couple of years of that to figure it out. 3,000 experiments, <laughs> you know. So and we're either stupid or, or we're just stubborn. I'm not sure which. We'll, but, say, we'll say thorough. Uh, we'll say passionate. Thorough. And passionate. Thorough and passionate. So we send in two things to the North American bourbon competition down in New Orleans. Not a big competition, but one that, you know, Sazerac goes into. So real people go into it. And uh, Joe said, I want to go down to see it. I go, oh, come on. It's our first one. There's no chance. No chance. I mean, come on. We're, we're, we're neophytes. We don't know squat. <laughs> And he calls me up and he says, you're not going to believe this, but we won two of the six double golds. <laughs> uh, Sazerac took three. We took two. I said, imagine the poor people from Sazerac saying, who the F is brain brew? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And at that point, I said, hey, wait a minute. We might have something here. And uh, so we started to focus on bourbon. And I took it over to Edrington um, that makes McAllen. I said, hey, you want to do a bourbon? They go, Sure. And uh, long story short, we ended up creating a product called Noble Oak. Um, 
and uh, it's all across the country now, and it's done extremely well. And, and so we started to make that for them because they said, hell, we don't know how to do this finishing stuff. You guys do it. And next thing you know, the brand's doubling every six to nine months. It's one of these crazy stories. You know, it just goes nuts. Um, and then two years ago, we said, okay, we'd gotten that stabilized. We'd expanded, put in, you know, built more equipment or packaging equipment, you know, all the stuff that you have to do. And, and so I said, okay, let's do our own stuff now. And the thing that really got us excited, and we're from Cincinnati, and, you know, in the 1800s, mid-1800s, 85% of the whiskey in America came from Cincinnati. It was also the sixth biggest city in the country and the number one manufacturing site. And it was, there were no real distilleries in the 1800s, way before Prohibition. Instead, there were farmers, and that was their currency. they take their grain, make it in, put it on a flatboat, float it down to Cincinnati, where there were 109 barrel blenders. And they would do all kinds of things. And some of them were unscrupulous. I mean, they did all kinds of stuff. There were good ones and bad ones, just like today. And, and so we said, hey, that's pretty cool. But the thing that was really neat about it was when you went into a, into a shop, there were 109 of them. They would, you'd bring your clay jug and they'd say, well, what do you like? And they'd put it together for you. And so bourbon was really of the people. I mean, it was, it was a custom thing. And, of course, after Prohibition, the big brands took over and all that, that kind of stuff. But one of those guys, one of the big dogs, lived on 4th Street, and his name was Edmund Dexter. Charles Dickens, King Edward VII, came and visited him. His son built Music Hall, a huge hall, raised the money for that. Um, and he was a prestigious guy and made stuff. And we just got entranced by... The story of Dexter and the story of our hometown here. And so we decided to, to celebrate that. And so we have riverboats, series that we do, paddle wheel, et cetera. And then we have Dexter, which is kind of our flagship. And, and we were, we believe in trying to keep prices reasonable. So our normal stuff is like 35. And with Dexter, we were going to 49. And I'm like, geez, that's awful money. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> And so last January, a year ago, we, we made a bunch, we put it up, and I said, I wonder if anybody will buy it. And 50 minutes later, it was gone. And I'm going, <laughs> damn, this is pretty cool. So we got busy on Noble Oak, we started doing, and Father's Day, we put it out, it sold out again. I said, hey, Joe, again, we're not so smart, but we figure it out eventually. <laughs> and I said, Joe, I, th I think this one's big. And so the next thing you know, we put it out. It goes ripping through Kentucky, ripping through New Hampshire, and the thing's like, you know, triple what we thought it was going to be, and it's just been a, a, a ton of fun. So, Dexter's our flagship, it uses three woods, 200-year oak, which is old reclaimed boards from old barns, so it's basically whiskey from the time of the riverboats, is what we're talking about. All right. Uh, so and like, then cherrywood and maplewood to give it a craft a twist to it, um, some fun to it. And, and that's what, that's what we have there. And, and it, we, you know, we put it into ultimate spirits, Paul Paco's thing. And I, you know, we have mixed feelings about all these things, but Paul, I, you know, is at least he's a little bit more uh, difficult to get scores with. And, uh, lo and behold, he names it one of the 12 best bourbons in the country. Nice. And we're like, damn, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and um, so we're riding the ride and having fun. Uh, right now we've got 
uh, our noble oaks all across the country. It's a double oak bourbon, mm. also finished with European cherry oak staves. And then this Dexter is going to be our next one that we're taking. And then after that, it's going to be custom bourbon where everybody can get their own bourbon. What we're doing. Yeah, I and saw so that. We do that that's, that's distillery and we're starting to carry yeah. that across the country to different places where you can come in and you can create your own bourbon. So is that, is that available today? Yeah, it's available here uh, right now um, at the distillery, and we will be opening up on Whiskey Row in Louisville in just mm. a few weeks. Oh, wow. Nice. Um, okay. And so we're going to have one there. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we don't go small. You know, if you're going to do it, do it in the middle of Times Square of Bourbon. Why don't right? you? Yeah, <laughs> you know? Honestly, that's a good place for it. So now how exactly, I, I did want to talk about that a little bit. How does that work? Is that like a 375 bottle, or is that just, you know, by the pour, or is that a full... 750 or how does that work when you do your custom bourbon there um you can get it we like to think of a it's like your barrel pick you can get it by the bottle or by the glass okay and so we've got a a blending machine that pulls from six that you can come in with a qr code of your recipe and we can pour you a drink right in the in the tasting room in the bar out front um and also in restaurants you're going to be able to do that that is so and then cool. we've also got um you can buy a bottle, and it's 45 bucks for a bottle, and, uh, you know, walk out with it. I mean, I guess we're taking a road trip, right? It's what I'm hearing. <laughs> what what I mean, proof is it usually at? 90 proof. Nice. Nice. That's a good, that's a good yeah. proof. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's a good. All right, so we've got this. I just poured some of the Dexter into our glasses here. Um, so if you want to give us maybe a little bit more about that, I mean, that was a, that was a great introduction to the Dexter. Um, and then I'll let them go ahead and give their notes before we, uh, dive into it. We always taste on the show, yeah, just so you know. So it's, <laughs> it's, um, it's really high rye. It's 36% rye. Okay. Um, the finish with 200 year oak, which gives it the finish that it has. And if you've ever had, uh, fortunately in my life, I've had the opportunity to taste some very, very old whiskey. Um, I, I go to Scotland, well, until time here happened <laughs> I used to here and so i i've had good friends there and and i've had whiskey from 100 years ago and it has the same finish that this has which i just think is kind of cool yeah um and then it's got cherry wood which gives it some brightness and then some a little bit of maple wood which kind of gives it a smoothness on the back finish too so um uh, you know i i really like a long finish and, and we like to have a, a pretty good size flavor with the thing we also like it with ice and so all of our stuff we make sure and optimize them so that you can drink them with ice and they don't collapse yeah but sometimes whiskeys collapse the minute they hit, get hit with ice sure um so it holds up with ice. because joe and i own the place and um we like it with ice screw it we make it so they're good with ice <laughs> that's how we like it that's what you do in the craft you don't like and they're still fine neat that they're fine neat but they they really are are epic with ice and they stand and they get better for about 10 minutes. They keeps getting better and better and better. So. That's nice. So, uh, so you said 30, what, 36% rise. Oh, you said, oh, I'm gonna yep. love that. And now is this a three grand? Does it have the, the malted barley or is it just a, you got corn and, and rye and anything else or. Yeah. Just a little bit of barley just to help with that you know. the enzymes and that. So, uh, okay. All right. So is there an age statement or is it, uh, undisclosed or. No, it's great. It's it's straight bourbon, so it's at least, at least two. two. Okay. Um, and and it's we we focus on flavor that we're looking for, mm -hmm. and so you know depending upon the barrels and where they are, you might have some four year in it, you might have two year in it, might have three year in it, 
I mean, we, we put them together for a taste is what we're concerned about. But it's got great. Again, we try to think like an 1800s barrel blender, yeah. sure. how they would do it. They it's were got, about taste, not marketing bunkum. Yeah, it, it's it's got great color to it, too. Um, you know, even if it is younger, but with a 36% rye, um, you know, yeah, I got, being I, younger should be awesome. What did you guys get on the nose there before you... Uh, uh, is it marshmallow? Am I... Yeah, not I mean, like a toasted marshmallow. There's a a sweeter yeah. toasted like yeah. I went ahead and dove into it just while you guys were talking, <laughs> but uh, and there's a nice nice little uh, like you meant like you mentioned you like that longer finish. I get a nice rye finish on it. Uh, it's definitely not an ethanol finish. It's it's a nice rye spice. Um, that finish is is really nice. Um, Ooh, that's think, a cool taste, and it I is. feel like there's a little bit of a texture to the to the uh, you know liquid too, and it's not there's just viscosity, the viscosity to it, but there's yeah. almost like a little bit more. So, so what's your uh, distilling process? Is there is there a pot still? Is it column still? What do you what are you guys doing there? No, uh, we're we're buying this, so we buy this. Okay, um, and we focus on the wood. I mean, we spend we spend as much more time actually working with the whiskey than most people do, but it's all in the finishing. Yeah, sure, no, um, that's fine. We just decided that you know you can. Shit, we can't distill it at the price we can buy it at. I don't know. Sure, yeah, I don't blame um, you. And but but the flavor, the key is to add the flavor and the color. The, a lot of that color comes from, in particular, the maple wood will put out a pretty good amount of color to it. Um, and so we can dial that in. But our whole focus is, I mean, we're we're not collectors; we're drinkers. Yeah, you know. Yeah, we make stuff to drink. And that we love to drink, and that's well, our whole so we, higher focus. You're, we you're talking, drink. yeah. <laughs> we collect to drink. Yeah, I mean, you're talking to the right, uh, the right crowd for that. I have a rule that you know, within a day of getting a bottle, I have to crack it. Um, and it, even if it's just one one drink, and I put it put it back on the shelf, I have to crack it. Uh, but. I don't. I don't think we have a bottle on our shelves that we have sitting there that we plan to do anything with but drink. Yeah, some I mean, you save for other occasions, but that's yeah. about it. You always bring them out. I love the finish on this. Yeah, that yeah, that finish, finish you're talking about it hits me in the front of the tongue. It travels all the way back my tongue. It's very pleasant. There's nothing. Um, there's no ethanol to it whatsoever. Like dude had said, it is very very pleasant. Like, and I could see a little water in this or an ice cube like you're talking about making this even better because I feel like it just spreads it out across your tongue even more. I could drink this all day long. I mean, this is, it's really good. This is a very good, easy drinker. Right. And even with it only being a 90 proof, I think, um, I could see drinking this on a nice cold evening. Oh yeah. And then like you said, maybe dropping a cube into it. Wait wait, wait a minute. minute. The custom whiskey is 90 proof. This is 50. Oh, this is 50. 50. So this is 101 proof. Okay. Oh, nice. I, oh. I thought I when I, I thought I was gonna the bottle say said that. that. <laughs> okay. It, it hits a little harder yeah, than this is 101, but the custom whiskey gotcha. we do at 90. Okay. So. Yeah. Good. Thanks for clearing that up. So yeah, I mean that, that's what I was gonna say because this drank a little hotter, but not in an ethanol way. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a nice. So that makes a, more sense then. It's a nice okay. long finish that yeah. that yeah. leads it, and that could be you know a combination of being 101, but also the rye too. Yeah, and I I think because of the rye and the 101, now that I I realize that um, very, very I good. feel like this would be a great as it is now neat. A nice, mm-hmm. you know, fall, winter, yeah. early spring, you know, drinker. And then, like you said, maybe dropping in a cube to, to maybe lighten it up just a touch or open it up a little bit for, uh, yeah. you know, maybe those uh, those hotter 
days, but this is this is good. That, it this, just, this finish is it nice. It stays on my tongue for so long. I'm amazed at how long the flavor stays on my tongue. Yeah. And I know? can I can definitely taste the rye in this. Yep. Um, but it's it's not like you're drinking a Willet rye, you know? No, no, it's, no. It's, 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 it, it's definitely good. like a rye bourbon with a, I mean, it's, I don't know. I, you know how I am with just rye whiskeys. This yeah. is, this is good. I like high rye bourbons. I'm not a big rye whiskey fan. It, 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 so, so part of the DNA that we've got is when you spend 20 years working with Bob DiGiorno and Ken Greer on McAllen, um, and you know, making stuff. And of course the Scotch guys are really big on finish. They really, really craft for that. Um, that's kind of in our DNA that, that we try to do. And that's the people that taught me. And, um, so that's what we try to do. And so it's amazing that Scotch drinkers go crazy over this thing because, you know, they can, they pick up some of the DNA and instead of, you know, the high corn nature, which Scotch guys don't like, this has got enough complexity to it that they uh, kind of get into it. And, it's just a ton of fun. Nice. Yeah, I mean, this is good. I mean, this is honestly, like you mentioned, I, from a Scotch perspective, it's not peaty because I don't like peaty Scotch. Um, no. So, so this is about if, on the side of Scotch that I would enjoy. I yeah. mean, mm-hmm. this is nice. I, I really enjoy this so far. So, um, so yeah, question, question for uh, for you: Can you dive into your, you know, maybe your stave making process? On you, you touched on a little bit of the reclaimed wood. Um, are you are they just pieces that you're putting in there or do you kind of mill them down to to be the actual staves when you're finishing in them um well i mean we, we, so in other words are you as, are you as we mi- work with the wood um we're we're taking this wood and as it turns out there's a whole lot more variables than you thought there were mm-hmm. so we do cut the staves in different shapes. Oh. And, and part of that is, is the amount of open grain and closed grain you have really makes a huge difference. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and so you, there's just a whole lot that went into the experiments that we ran to figure out how to dial in the flavors that we're, that we're looking for. And, um, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's just compulsive. I mean, when you run 3,000 experiments, <laughs> you're running all kinds of permutations to try to find those variations that can really dial it in and and to get you, you know, the, the flavor you want and then the finish that you want. And when you do one thing great, you know, eventually you get, you know, you, know, learn, you learn a few things. And so that's yeah. staying totally focused on being an 1800s barrel blender with finishing um, so- as... Um, our focus do you guys pull the barrels in and then almost like a, a makers you put the additional staves in there or do you make your own barrels out of this uh 200 year old oak and then you know you're finishing it in that barrel so for us the whole the thing that's most important is to reduce variation in the process the current whiskey process is one of every barrel goes in a different direction depending upon where it is in the rickhouse and that. Yeah. And so then the current system for quality at the big guys is put it in a big tank and mix it up. Mm-hmm. And, and that just to me drives me crazy. Okay. <laughs> and, and so because my dad worked with Deming, the quality guru, and it's about driving variation out of the process. 
And so we played with barrels and putting it and doing it. And the problem is, is if we put them in in the winter, it's freaking cold. Put them in the summer, they get cooked quickly. You know, there's so much cooked whiskey around these days, especially with the hot summers. And so after, after messing with that and seeing that that was not going to get us any reliable ability to get volume, instead we decided to go and to take and to just control within a tenth of a degree heating and cooling of the whiskey in the wood. Mm-hmm. So we put the wood in with the whiskey, and then we gently will heat it and cool it, and sometimes we'll cool it, you know, we'll heat it very slowly, like making barbecue, low and slow. Sometimes we go up. But the, that way, we can do it exactly the same every single time. And we need that in particular for our custom whiskey because two years from now, you want to get your own whiskey again. And we're like, oh, frig, we don't have those barrels anymore. Yeah. Right. You know? In order to do custom whiskey, we had to find a way to drive variation out of the process and make it so that it comes out dead nuts the same every single time. Mm. How and, in the world do you find 200-year-old oak? <laughs> well, it helps where we live. Because this is the place where there were a whole lot of barns and buildings okay. that went up that have all broken down. And most of the time, sometimes they'll even pay us to take the wood away <laughs> just because they want to get the lot clear. Yeah. yeah. And, and so the big thing is you got to test it to make sure that you're getting white oak and not something else. But um, there's, there's an awful lot of it in this region. Yeah, uh, you know? And, of course, the difference is, and I don't want to get too geeky here, but you know, oh, that Ohio it. River right across the country, the oak that you get, you know, within about 50 miles of the Ohio River, right, right across the country, that is the perfect oak for whiskey. Because if you go north, the grain gets tight. You go south, the grain gets too open, mm. and and it just doesn't make good whiskey. I mean, I've had some guys sending us wood from Canada, and it's just like it's it's just tough. It's it's tough to work with. So in the Ohio um, Interestingly, the, the old oak, we had it tested down in Lexington, and it actually is cleaner. The wood is cleaner than today's oak barrels huh. because there were less pollutants in the yeah. air. Oh, that the makes sense. Piece of Very nice. Now, do you have to sand off where it used to say chew mail pouch on those <laughs> barns? <laughs> <laughs> we actually cut a quarter inch off all of them first. Oh, nice. Know. We, we cut them off and then we clean them because safety t- is is a gargantuan issue. Sure. So obviously we, we keep an eye on all that. Do you? So. Is there any uh, char on them or toast on those? Or are they just yeah? Up? We toast them. Very we nice. have to toast them. Yeah. I feel like I'm drinking history right now. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like this 200 year old wood that this you know what I mean soaked in. Like where this like the life that it lived, what it used to be. Was it a barn? Was it someone's house? You know what I mean? Like this is just so cool to like drink history, man. Someone's this was uh, whiskey made out of someone's floor. It could be it could be an infinite well not an infinite but you know what I mean. It could yeah. be a number of things, and it's just it's cool to partake in the history with it. In my opinion, yeah. We, what we were trying to do with this one was when Charles Dickens came. I've written a bunch of books. I'm a big writer as well, and Very cool. when Charles Dickens came into Dexter's house, what might he have served him? And that was the idea of this. What yeah. might he have, have served him? And I, you know, I, I truly don't know what's cooler. Like if you were to cut down a two, 200 year old oak and have the staves out of that, or, you know, have it literally be a structure, you know, that you're well, pulling yeah, that wood. Already, already seasoned and air, think of the weather yeah, it went exactly. through and like the life that it's lived and the rain and the snow. And they're and not, and, and I don't, I, at least I don't think so, but I, I don't know that they're putting a ton of, um, you know, 
I don't know, solvents is that the right word or uh, protectants on those woods two hundred years ago? That didn't exist. So, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I if you look at some of those old barns, you can tell that yeah. that wasn't yeah. the case. I'll tell you the thing that's critical today, and it's one of the, it's probably the most important thing for craft people to know is the difference between air dried oak and kiln dried oak. Mm-hmm. It is unbelievable to the point now. Because we've been, we've caught people cheating. They give us one thing, and it's not really that. It's kiln dried, and we can tell quickly. Um, is so we now take trees that have come down, cut them, and air dry them ourselves. And if, out back here, you just see we've got them all, all the stave. It's cut into staves, and they're they're all, they're all air drying out there. We only use air dried oak, and that's one of the keys to that taste is the air-dried oak. And only the big dogs with the really expensive products are getting air-dried anymore because right. everybody's getting kiln-dried. Mm-hmm. But the kiln-dried just doesn't develop the flavor. I like now, the air-dried that. how long do you air-dry for, or how many seasons do you try At to? least two years. Gotcha. At least two years. Oh, man, that's got to add a lot of, like, I don't know if that's the right word, but, like, seasoning to it, just the, the air-drying outside and the... I mean, do, yeah. are they covered or are they getting... Um, like, no, no, no. No, you want them out. You want the rain to hit them. You nice. want the snow to hit okay. them. That's what I was You wondering. want the sun to hit them. That's the key. Yeah. And, they've, and they're spaced out so the air can go through them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, and uh, I mean, that's that, probably the biggest secret to our success with our taste is the air-dried woods. Yeah, yeah. Air-dried woods. Well, this is really good. Um, it's fantastic. I know this is. So I know we're... About 30 minutes in, um, did you want to, you know, introduce the paddle wheel? That's the other one that we have. Um, yeah. and, and then uh, we'll jump into that one, too, because uh, we like to drink yeah. as we talk. So. so so paddle wheel is, um, is we, we have Dexter is basically our sipping bourbon, the high end one. Our more mainstream product is paddle wheel. That's the one that, you know, folks use for cocktails and that. Um, it's got... 200-year oak as well, because it's kind of vintage, but it also has European oak in it, uh, which at the time would have been Madeira casks, is what they would have had back then. Um, and so again, this is a tip of the hat to, to to the time, and right, you know, and right now, and we're actually going to change the name at the bottom. It says Brainbrew on the bottom. is going to be our distillery, and this is going to be the Dexter Riverboat collection in this oh, number like of these. That. Like and so better. this is this is a ninety proof, so it's lower in proof. It's it's got some ump in it, so that it stands up to cocktails pretty good. Um, the European oak gives it a whole uh, different dynamic to it, um, and it makes incredible sazeracs and you know and all the classic old fashioned drinks like that. So are you using the same source uh, bourbon whiskey before you you finish it? No, this is twenty one percent rye. Okay, so this, this one's. 21 percent rye um and it's not straight so the ages will be all over the map on this again we would put it together um we make it to a taste and so there could be old stuff in there there could be young stuff in it you know because the thing is it depends on the barrels if the barrels have gone through a hot summer that's like a year if they've gone through a winter it's like two months yeah you know i mean it, it there's just a lot more I mean, we're just compulsive about these kind of things. Well, you're doing something right on the Dexter. I can tell you that. Yeah, <sighs> for sure. It's fantastic. So what do you guys get uh, on the nose on this one? I haven't made it there yet. <laughs> you haven't gotten the schnoz in there? Mm-mm. All right. 
So he's our he's our uh, resident schnoz. I got this big nose, as you can see from the side <laughs> profile, and I feel like it just takes in all these aromas and whatnot. Like I feel like I can smell the fire behind you, even though I'm not there. <laughs> so the, the the cow painting that's behind you is that? I mean, that's not like a far side uh, painting, is it? I mean, no, there's actually a whole set of them. It's a whole series. It was done by a guy that worked for um, Hallmark, who I actually got to spend some time with. He's since passed. But it was the whole collection of set that he did some Hallmark cards on. And then he did a painting, and I found a show of his, and I, I bought the show. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I mean, I, I love that him. style. It's yeah. really cool. Because we're in the building we're in is called the Eureka Ranch. It's our sister company. I own both of them, and the distillery's here. And... Uh, we like to have it a little bit mischievous and having fun is. <laughs> well, you can uh, tell. I did corporate enough. Yeah. You, know, you want to. Enough of that. I'm yeah. looking around. I see the Spider-Man. I love it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's it's, a, a, it's a very eclectic, but it's fun. You can just tell yeah. it's fun. Yeah. Is that an old uh, arcade game behind you? Yeah. There's something. Oh, yeah. There. Yeah. We've got some kind of vintage. We've got Funhouse here and, you know, <laughs> some of the classics. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, like, are you hiring? This looks like a great place. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> We've invented for uh, basically all the major companies you can think of have come here to invent ideas. And this is an invention that just got out of control and <laughs> we're having, it's just, it's just a ball. You're living I the mean, dream, man. You're having fun. We're on our and... way to a hundred thousand cases, which is just ridiculous. You know, wow. ridiculous. That's awesome. No, that's cool that you're having success. I, I do, uh, uh mm, I, like I don't know this. what I, it's definitely, uh, a, like a more of a fruit sweetness on the nose to yeah. me. It's a little crisper, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, like an apple? For me? Maybe pear or something like that. I don't know. If what I'm are not, you enjoying right now, Doug? I've got Dexter. Uh, I don't, I don't uh, blame you. Uh, <laughs> I don't blame you at all. Ooh. Wow, the mouthfeel on this one. Yeah, is... this, the viscosity. I mean, on, on Dexter, it was great, too, but... Now this one feels a little bit younger uh, in the mouth, like the mouth feel actually. So let me let me retract that. Um, the taste because of that uh, light fruit, I think on the on the front of the tongue, mm-hmm. it it, it kind of seems a little younger on the tongue, but the viscosity kind of makes it feel like a different story. Like uh, I I don't know uh, what the entry proof is on these or anything, but this viscosity has a nice tongue feel. It coats the tongue really well and it stays with you, so yeah. it, it doesn't just disappear. It doesn't, yeah. It doesn't fall off, and maybe that's the rye. It's not like an extremely long hug no, the Dex- or anything. The Dexter but had like, a longer finish for me. But, yeah. it, but it's nice because it's like a front to back. Like you get, yeah. you know, a little something on the front, a little something on the back. It's yeah. I don't want to say floral, um, but maybe like borderline fruity floral to me. Um, but it's you know, I know that can be a negative sometimes with with bourbons or whiskeys and make it sound like it's really young. This does have a, have a youthful kind of flavor to it, but not in a bad way. But like you said, this would be great in a cocktail. Like this would be great in an old fashioned. I think it would be perfect yeah. for that. Yeah, and I mean it's fine, neat. Too. It is. I, yeah, I don't. This is now. It I'm, drinks fine, neat, but it really, really is optimized for cocktails. That, and I that can it's see gonna, that for sure. It's yeah. going to stand through it, yeah. and it's going to. It's just going to work. It's going to work with, you know, your smashes, your different things, your sours. Um, even, you know, old fashioned, especially if you do it the old Jerry Thomas way and you put a lemon peel in it, you know, it's really made to really, really make that to the point where, I mean, I took, you know, people come in and I'll make them a cocktail. I'll I'll say, Hey, let me make it old fashioned. And we do the Jerry Thomas, the 1862 from when his book first came out. 
and with with a third of a sugar. So it was just one teaspoon of simple syrup, very light. And we make some bitters using the same process, finished with cherry wood that are just like oh, that's ridiculous. Cool. And and when I make that and I serve it to people, they go, oh my God, that's the best old fashioned I've ever had in my life. I say, okay, that's good. That's nice. And then I make them one with Dexter and they go, no, that's the, now that's the best one I've ever had in my life. I say, yeah, but I'm cheap. 50 bucks to make cocktails. That just seems high to me, you know, 35. I mean, maybe the, the three of you guys can chime in on this, but I'm so ignorant when it comes to whiskey that is specific for cocktails like hey this is a sipper but this is a whiskey for cocktails but what what makes that you know a lot of times you want some boldness so that it doesn't get so it doesn't disappear in the cocktail so you want something that's going to be bold and stand out even through the cocktail like a higher rye or that's why a lot of times you'll see rye get used a lot Mm -hmm. in an old-fashioned or a manhattan is because of that that Mm -hmm. spiciness it doesn't disappear in the in the cocktail I, it really depends on what you're going for, I think. I mean, yeah. um, and like Doug mentioned, holding up to the ice, right? Because those are going to tend to, to the ice will melt and it'll water it down a little bit. So something that will hold up to that little bit of watering down and not, and not you know, thin out too much. Yeah, they disappear. And what we found is for many of the bourbons, especially as you come down in price and the proof comes down, because um, it has to um, keep the price, is what will happen is that's why cocktails have gone up and up in sugar because mm. there'll be a, a, I call it a speed bump. You know, you taste it and you go, Oh, and there's the bourbon. And instead of melding together with the bitters and that and becoming one, it's like you're tasting boom, boom, you know, and, and yeah. which to me is analogy. a bad cocktail. I mean, that's the, the great cocktails are when one plus one plus one becomes 75 and it creates this new sensation. Right. And, and so finding a, a way to do that, and, and so what happens is for many bourbons, you've got to use a half ounce or three teaspoons of simple syrup because you want to cover that speed bump. But when you can smooth it out right and you, and you work right and you're, you're working with the, the right tastes and you've got enough of the, the pH and everything that's in there as, as the thing comes through, then you can make it work with less. And now you're getting bourbon, but you're not getting it in your face. Like the rise are, are great in them, but rye is controversial people like it or don't like it right. you know and and so we're trying to give people that same ump but without having to go to a full 95 rye yeah that's that's such a good point because i've definitely i'm not always the biggest uh mixed drink fan but like you know usually when i have them like you get the you get the the bourbon right off the the bat and then like as you get towards the end of the glass like you feel like you're drinking like sugar you know mm-hmm. yeah so how much? What percentage of bourbon do you think is drank mixed? Oh, I'd oh, say the majority. 80? I have no idea. Ninety. The majority, I, mean, I would say. Although nowadays, though, it's becoming more of a thing to drink yeah. your bourbon neat. But I don't. I don't know. I I would have no idea how to figure that. Ten percent. So we've we've researched it because we're compulsive here. Ten <laughs> percent uh, um, is drank neat. Wow, that's wow, it. that's uh, it. Fifty-five percent mixed, and then the rest is with ice. Yeah, I don't think that many people drink neat. They don't. Well, neat and then ice, I think those are, those are, those would be the two I think are the, yeah. like nowadays, I think 20 years ago, it would probably have been like 80% mixed drinks, I would think maybe. I don't know. Well, because the quality wasn't there. Yeah. You know, especially in American whiskey, it just wasn't there. Hmm. We're well, part of the 10%, and, boys. 
Ten percenters. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's hilarious is you know we'll get a we'll get a group of guys to come out from a company or whatever sales people or whatever to do a private event, and one guy will come in for us. I say, would you like some ice with that? No, real men drink it straight. You know, and then <laughs> twenty others come through and they all want it straight, right? And so then it, I sit and I go, hey fellas, you know I'm a bit of a statistician here, and the odds are that. Out of the 20 of you, two of you really like it neat, <laughs> and the rest of you are lying to me. Yeah, the rest, I, mean, yeah. I don't know, but just I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I'm How just saying. Some ice around the room, and you can just kind of see what you want. And of course, it's a big laugh, but, you know, the, you know I, I, my point is, and we're big about and not or. If you like it neat, that's fantastic. We make sure that we can stand neat, but we also are just as important as all the others. Yeah. to do it, you know, and, and bourbon is about bringing people together. We got enough freaking fighting in this country. There's no reason to fight about how you want to enjoy your whiskey. Just love your freaking whiskey. You know? Hold on. Absolutely. There's fighting in this country. <laughs> <laughs> I must have lived under a rock. When did that happen? <laughs> oh, shoot. So, I didn't notice it as much as soon as I deleted the Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. You did, didn't you? I can't find you on no, Facebook now. No, Facebook deleted me. Well, they should have. Yeah. You were, yeah you I were, didn't uh, even post anything. They just, <laughs> they're just like, we're going to sign you out and not let you back in. <laughs> yeah, Trina noticed the other day. She's like, Tyler's not on Facebook anymore. I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's probably better for Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Oh, shoot. All right. Their stock so, went up a little bit. <laughs> the next day. Um, yeah, so I like both of these. Um, I, I definitely agree with i think your uh description of the paddle wheel being you know potentially more for like a mixed drink the dexter was outstanding they're, they're both good oh my gosh i know um but i the need dexter, to find a bottle of dexter well they're in ohio yeah no i will be we're searching for a bottle of dexter moving forward yeah we're in columbus ohio i don't know if you know that or not but uh um yeah there's a there is a store in columbus that's got it so oh really do you know what it is oh, if you go to ohlq they'll that you can see where it is Perfect. But you also should, um, you like smoked? Smoked. Just products? Me- depending. I mean, it depends on the, the, the product. Some of them are, you know, like. Uh, They're not created equal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's say that. We've got a, we have a, we, we distill smoke and uh, use the middle cut. Oh, and we, ha- so we have some smoke products. Oh. And in fact, in our custom whiskeys that people do, 50% of the people put some smoke. Oftentimes, it's a small amount in their custom bourbon that oh, they do. Interesting. I want to go do and a so custom bourbon. There's some very cool stuff I there do. that's creating a whole new generation of stuff. Like I think we need to take a day trip, go down, make a custom bottle, you know, make a day of it. Well, I think, what are you on the, you. like, northeast Cincinnati area? Like, just inside the belt on the east, east, east part of the city over near Marymount and Anderson Township. I mean, that's an hour and a half. Well, that's not bad. Yeah, probably an hour 40 for us. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, that's, uh, that's we're coming, Doug. We'll be there. <laughs> so uh, uh, let's let's talk a little bit more. I mean, anything coming, you know, uh, in the next year or so that you wanted to to talk about or announce or, or let yeah. Know? So with so two things are going to happen. Um, one is we're going to introduce one of the things that we did with the McCallum for many years is we would do special editions, and there would be a small amount. The worst was one time. Four bottles of 40-year Highland Park came to the U.S. Wow. Four, four bottles. bottles to the U.S. Okay. And, and, and two of them went to the media for them to taste, and two were sold. <laughs> you know? 
and they got ridiculous publicity over it, things. And, and now that's the extreme. Usually it's more than that. That's crazy. Um, but the power <laughs> of special editions is obviously big in this thing, oh, and people awful. are into that. Yeah. So is. what we're about to do is what we call the Great Grains series. And, of course, bourbon is at least you know 51% corn. But we've got a wheat, um, a 95 wheat, which is just epic, that's finished with cherry wood. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just uh, elegant and precise, you know, just, it's just beautiful. We've got a five wood rye and then we've got a single malt coming out for bourbon drinkers. Um, that is just like nothing you've had before. And so those going to be very, very small batch. They're going to be out to places. So what's, um, what's this, what's the single malt? What do you, what do you have in that? Is that, that's not, when you say it's like nothing else, what, give us a little description on that. Um, so you know how, um, scotch has lots of flavor, but it can be a bit nasty at the end. You know, I've heard, I've heard. it can be rough until yeah. you get used to it. People yeah. don't like right, bourbon right. on the other hand can tend to be simple, but really clean. I can and see so that, what yeah. we've done here is done big barley flavor, but with a finish that's closer to a bourbon. Okay. So you don't. So you get this flavor and then she just comes right off and it's just, it's, it's, it's an epic, epic taste. Um, and, and so that's going to be a set of, so that when you have the four products, you can have somebody come over and do a tasting wheat, corn, rye, and barley. Um, and they're all gold or double gold in San Francisco. I mean, they're all really, really good products. Now are those um, coming? So that's going to be a now? neat collection that we're going to have. When, when is that, when is that happening? And is it all at once? or? They've, they've been set up for seasons. So spring is smart. Um, the wheat, the rye is the fall, and the barley is winter. And then, of course, summer is, is bourbon time, in my mind. <laughs> I like it. So, yeah, that's good, too, with the rye in the fall and the, yeah. and the barley mm-hmm. in the winter. That's it. So, um, so that'll be the 2022 starting, like, right now? Yeah, that's, we starting that's coming spring? out. That, that'll be, it'll be out probably March or April somewhere in there. Okay, so, so you're first you're starting out. with the the wheat then. Yep, okay. and the wheat is just it, I mean you know wheat it's the 95 wheat so it's you know and wheat is the Pinot Noir of whiskey. Um, oh, we like, when it's we done like right, whiskeys, it's yeah. epically spectacular, I and when it's not, agree. it's crap. I've got a I've got a Banbridge which is 100 percent wheat and it's all organic, and holy cow, it's it's probably in my top two or three weeded whiskeys ever. You guys are going to have a drink before you leave. It's yeah. so good. Um, uh, buddies of ours actually uh, in the podcast world or industry, w- that was their barrel pick. Um, but yeah, it, I love a weeded whiskey and I, you know, whether it's a 95% or a hundred percent, whatever, I, a weeded whiskey's fine by me. I'm a, I'm a big fan. Old Elk does. It was a COVID project to try to figure out how to do it and not overwhelm it. And to, you know, delicate. I and mean, if you, sure. you don't think of delicate oftentimes with whiskey, but to me, wheat done right, just becomes something it's, it's not going to replace other things, but it's a sipping thing. That's just yeah. people's eyes blow open because they're like, Oh my God, I never had anything like that. So, no, and the agree, rye yeah. is like 97 points. It's like stupidly good. So, yeah. And we, I mean, we've had uh wheat whiskey <laughs> from old elk too, which uh, Greg Metz has talked mm-hmm. us through. Those are, those are good too. Like the yeah. wheat whiskeys. I'm a fan. I yeah, like wheat whiskeys. I'm interested for the rye. Rye is growing on me. I know you're, you're becoming a rye guy. I am. Never thought I would, but yeah. becoming a rye guy. Yeah. Not me. 
well, with the rye, we hit it with five woods. So we really, I mean, we were like, let's let rye be rye and just really give some oomph to the thing while still taking the bite off and to just have layers and layers and layers of flavor. Yeah, so, that's cool. What, what different type of woods? Uh, we use an American oak, European oak, 200-year oak, cherry wood, and maple wood. He had that ready, didn't he? I know. <laughs> he rattled that oh, off. Oh, it's stupid. It's stupid how much <laughs> flavor this thing's got. It sounds and like it. It. It, happened. it happened because a buddy of mine, we, we, I was up in New England. My wife and I, we moved from New England out here to Cincinnati. And and, a, and some friends of ours from high school that had been in our wedding and their wedding, and we've been married 40 years or so forever. And so we're sitting there mixing, and I've got the different woods, and we put them together. And somewhere around 1.30 in the morning, we throw them all together. We go, hell, that's good. <laughs> and the ladies go, Hey guys, how about if you try it again in the morning, in the morning. <laughs> when you're not drunk, right? <laughs> and so then, then I, I I texted Joe and he had them and we put them together and we didn't we made did some work to optimize it and the thing is just it's it's killer. It it that's so true. If you can get up at like nine in the morning and have a sip of whiskey and if it's good at nine a.m., it's probably it's probably good. really good. Well, it's probably good. That that takes me back to our bullet experience when we or uh, uh, Diageo when we went to uh, the Blade and Bow or the what was it the Stitzelweller. Stitzelweller, yeah. Oh, that that morning, <laughs> it was nine a.m. doing a, a tour. So the other thing, the other thing that's going to be new is down in Kentucky. Right now we're in Costco. We're in Liquor Barn. Oh. Um, They've treated us really nice down there. Uh, re- really, really, it's it's kind of amazing how the response we've gotten down there. But we're going to with Kentucky Eagle. We're going to take these blending machines that we've got, and they're going to go into uh, on-premise and off-premise locations. We can go in and answer thirteen questions. We call it Dexter eighteen sixty-two, um, and uh, celebrate him. But you answer thirteen questions in an artificial intelligence app creates a recipe for you. The ranch has a bunch of techno that's geeks cool. who built this for that's Nike. Fuck, that's really cool. That's fucking sweet. And, and, and so up comes a QR code. We scan it. And, and, you know, 20 seconds later, you have a pour of your personal bourbon. Yeah, I saw that on your so, website, and I was I, I wanted to know more about no, that. No, but so like I want to know where that can happen. Because I'm a Costco wanna, member. Costco, well, let's go. not in Ohio. It's not Costco. Yeah. Kentucky's not that far. I know I'm we go there all but, the time. But seriously, like you, you answer questions. I mean, I don't know what type of questions, but I'm you know maybe it's like what, it's probably like, like are you a Pisces? Yeah. <laughs> do you like walk, are you walks a, on the beach? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you single, married? <laughs> oh, you're married. Uh, uh, this we'll, is one twenty proof. <laughs> no, but that's that's awesome. Like I saw that on the website, and I I couldn't wait to hear you know where you could do that. I, and the fact that you guys are close by, I, I definitely want to go. I think yeah. get a bottle. You have a Costco membership. I have a Costco. I'm just membership. talking about even going to their distillery and doing oh, yeah. a, a bottle. I know. I do want to come by here. Yeah. by here and hang out. That's and, even closer. And, yeah, and you true. can. We've also got manual ones that you can do. We've got bourbon blending kits and all, all kinds of crazy. Yeah, but I saw that too. The whole idea is to make it so that it's accessible to everybody that, you know, I mean, we had a couple, I was down in Lexington with the machine and, and a husband and wife both did it. I went up to her and I said, so what do you think of your whiskey? She said, Oh, I love this bourbon. It's awesome. But why did you make my husband such a bad one? <laughs> I said, sir, what do, you, what do you think of your bourbon? He says, mine's incredible. I don't know why you made that wussy thing for her. <laughs> and the two start fighting with each other. And I go enough already. That's the whole idea. We don't Custom. have to compromise anymore. Yeah. You deserve your own personal bourbon. Hell, 
You know, it's, it's like Mongolian Jack barbecue. Jimmy's family. <laughs> yeah. have them. Why can't you have yours? Yeah, it's a Mongolian barbecue of uh, whiskey. Of, of whiskey. <laughs> I like it. Um, so tell us real quick, uh, social media, uh, websites, and where all you can be found uh, on the interwebs and, and everywhere else, social media. Uh, BrainBrewWhiskey.com will take you to pretty much everywhere. There's a Dexter site. There's a Doug Hall site, Eureka Ranch. You can go to all of those things. But just BrainBrew Whiskey is the easiest to go to. And then, the, uh, and then under our Woodcraft um, bourbon blender, um, we're going to take this whole concept and we're franchising it to distillers and others so that because it can take a craft distillery and significantly increase their profitability. Oh. And so the first franchise will be Louisville. And then after that, we're going to take them across the country. So under, they do it under their brand name, but they use the technologies and the stuff that we've got sort of help them be able to improve their profitability. And it's, and so that's going to be, that's what's going to take up most of the first half of the year is going to be pushing those things. Sure. So you mentioned the Whiskey Row uh, custom location. Is that, yeah. what's the name of that going to be on the, uh, uh, on Whiskey Row? Um, it's called Barrels and Billets. Barrels and Billets. Okay. Yeah. And the Barrels is named after the founder of the family that's doing it, um, who was a Hillerich. And he was a barrel maker. And then his son made billets that became baseball bats. And so this will be in the Louisville Slugger Museum at the far end of Main Street, um, right on the corner of, um, right, you know, right across from Michener's, basically. Yeah, so, yeah Michener's right there in the yeah. Louisville Slugger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. All right. So that's, uh, I love the Louisville Slugger Museum, man. It is so, like one of, these times, one of these times when we go on our bourbon trail blitz, we'll, we'll have to just go. spend an hour yeah. there. It's so fun. It's a nice place, especially if you're into baseball. Um, well, Doug, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, this was, was really fun. informative. Yeah. I've really enjoyed what you yes, uh, Thank you, you for us. the samples and stuff. Yeah, yeah, these are wonderful. These are really good. Uh, and we're definitely well, going to be bringing, a, bringing ourselves down to, I think, your distillery. And if not that, at least the Barrels and Billets place, because that's, that's right up our alley. That kind of thing is cool. Well, and we would love to have you. And the thing is, is we can, when you come, we can literally take you through and we take you through the history, give you enough history to feel like you've learned something, but not enough to bore you. Uh, um, we're and, history nerds. Don't and, worry. And take you through it. Do it. And you're welcome to record it and to go through it because it's pretty epic. As you take the six and you taste them to get your palate set. Yeah. I mean, it's basically what Bob DiGiano taught me from McAllen on how to, how to make, how to put together whiskeys. So right. it's real deal and uh, it's stupid fun. All it's right. just well, stupid. So it's, it's settled. We're going to have to do an yeah. site one of these times. Yep. We'll have to, we'll, we'll get back in contact with you then because that's the type of stuff we love. We love yeah. to come on site. If uh, you more probably interactive yeah. stuff, like. You probably haven't listened to our podcast, but we did one at Justin's uh, House of Bourbon in Louisville. We did one at the uh, library at uh, Bardstown Bourbon Company where we drank through a whole bunch of dusty bourbons and whiskeys. Yep. Um, we love that stuff, being on site. Um, Middle West here in Columbus, we went on site there and did a recording while we uh, picked a barrel. That was that was a blast. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll get back in contact with you because that definitely uh, sounds that like sounds a, awesome. a really yeah. good time. So. Uh, well, thank you, folks, for your um, for your support. Obviously, you know, as craft guys, it's hard. Oh, it, I'm it's sure. a tough. Yeah, it's tough. It's especially it's right the now, most fun I've ever had it. in my life, and I've never worked harder in my entire life than that's, doing this. That's all awesome. of the craziness you have to do, 
But folks like you that are helping build it is real important and, and being open to new things because that's the only way we're going to win is craft people. We can't play the game against them. Yeah. I don't have trucks of money. Right. You know? <laughs> so you have to be clever and we have to do stuff that's really meaningfully unique. Yeah. You know? and, and I think you're there. Yeah, I think you're doing that. And I think this is great. And the, the blending thing stuff. is, is mm-hmm. really a cool idea. Yeah. We're going to have to try that out for sure. Um, thank you so much for your time. Again, thanks for the samples. Um, you know, this was really fun for me and I've really enjoyed everything yeah. you sent. So, uh, we really appreciate it and we're going to be, uh, keeping an eye on you guys. We'll probably, uh, we'll probably have to be looking out for those yeah. four releases this year yeah. too, because that's, that's right up our alley. So that kind of, They're epic. They're so. Epic. so, all right, well, thank Doug, you. Thank you. And have a great night. Thanks, we Doug. appreciate it. Thank you so much. joining us on yet another hunt for great bourbon please review us on your favorite podcast platform that always goes a long way toward getting good guests and receiving bourbon for us to review also check out our website for great bourbon hunters exclusive apparel but until then sit back grab a pour kick up your feet and enjoy some bourbon <laughs>